Well, thanks so much today for uh, tuning in. If uh, we've never met before, my name's Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Church, the campus pastor of our Ellet campus. And uh, if we've never met, I'd love to meet you maybe someday uh, once we're kind of through this season. But just want to say thanks so much for tuning in today. Appreciate your time and your attention. And uh, thanks so much for being here. Also, if you are also part of our kind of our church family, thanks for doing that. And of course, it's in a bit of a unique season that we're in right now as uh, we have to meet kind of virtually during the nature of where we are. And so make sure to stay tuned online. If you've never kind of followed us on Facebook or Instagram or connected to our website, make sure to do that as uh, we're continuing to give online resources and kind of make little videos and tips about how to navigate this time together. Uh, So check us out there if you haven't. Um, Also, uh, for our church family, if uh, you have kids or students, stay tuned. Look at your email inbox and uh, make sure to stay tied in that way as we're going to be feeding you uh, resources to help kids and students and uh, stay connected as well. And then, of course, if you kind of regularly attend Grace Church, I know there's probably a good chance that some of you would uh, kind of worship through giving. And you may be wondering, how do I do that now? Uh, If we can't actually gather together to uh, connect and give financially that way, how am I supposed to access that during this time? And uh, the best way to do that is to give online. So if you've never given online, uh, you go to our website and look for Gracelink. And you can sign up that way and to begin to give online if you would like to do that. And I just want to say thanks so much for the generosity of our people. Thank you if you've been faithful in giving. Just uh, really appreciate that, especially during this unique season. And uh, what we wanted to do in the course of kind of these conversations on the weekend is we wanted to walk through a series of conversations that are really all about faith and fear and responsibility. And are kind of calling this a, a loose connection of conversations that are all about where we are. And that's the nature of what we're walking into. We kicked that off just last weekend uh, with an initial conversation. And here's kind of what we said, if you missed that first one. We said during a time like this where we're not quite sure what's happening, uh, what's going on, how do I respond when the questions are multiplying? And, and I'm not sure where my future is going. I'm not even sure what's happening kind of day to day. How do I navigate all of that change that's so rapid and all kind of affects every part of my life? What do I do with all of that? And when we find ourselves in a situation like that, uh, what do we do? And so what we said, we opened up that first conversation and we said, we really need to make sure to not run to either extreme, right? So one extreme is I could run to panic, uh, kind of freak out, be overwhelmed. And uh, whenever I'm in hysterics and in panic, that's never a good thing. We said, we don't wanna do that. We also don't wanna run to a place where we're in denial, uh, where we're not facing the reality of what's happening in our world uh, today. We wanna make sure to stay tuned into that and acknowledge that. We, we, we said, how do we walk in the middle of those two extremes? Not in panic, not in denial, but walk in the middle. And we said, we want to be people who walk in wisdom, in faith, and in love. In wisdom, and faith, and in love. And we said, we're going to take some time and kind of talk about how we might do that in a season like this. And so if you missed that first conversation, I encourage you to get caught up online. Uh, you can catch that message through our Facebook page, through our website and uh, check that out if you'd like to. And we wanna continue to really advance the conversation today 
I know uh, I feel this, you feel this, that uh, as things continue to progress in the situation that we're in, we all feel a pretty significant uh, loss of our freedoms, uh, the things that we would normally be able to just make a choice, make a decision and go out to eat per se, or go do something that we wanna do. Uh, those freedoms are of course being impacted by the nature of where we are today. And so we're feeling that. And when we find ourselves in a situation like that, uh, whether it's the, the current scenario that we're in or maybe our freedoms are being impacted, maybe at a job or a school situation, or maybe if you're living at home and you, your freedoms are impacted by your parents, how do I navigate that when my freedoms are impacted and uh, maybe at first glance, it's kind of beyond my control. Someone, someone else is kind of choosing that for me, at least at first blush. How do I walk through a situation like that and how do I navigate it? So want to talk a little bit about that and recognize that as my freedoms begin to be impacted, uh, the things that I would normally kind of just take for granted and be able to do whenever and however I want, as those begin to be affected, I wanna recognize that there's, there's a handful of different responses that we might have to our freedoms being impacted. It's not guaranteed that we have to respond in exactly the same way. In fact, I might have some very real choices to make as these freedoms begin to be affected and my life is kind of impacted by that. And I think that's those, the, kind of the way that we approach these freedoms is gonna have a dramatic effect on our experience of the season. And I would argue a kind of a, our experience of life in general, because no one has complete and total control over what they do and how they get to operate. We're all kind of limited in some way. Uh, we're just feeling it in a unique way, kind of in the here and the now. So let me talk to this just a little bit. Uh, one of the ways that we could look at a loss of freedom, uh, that, that I can't just go out and do whatever I wanna do when I wanna do it, that there's gonna be limitations in my life. When I begin to look at the loss of freedom that shows up in my life, one of the ways that I might view that is I might view my freedoms being impacted as they being kind of taken from me as them being kind of taken from me, right? So here's what I usually would be able to do, and now I can't do that, and it feels like someone's taking it from me. It feels like almost it's being stolen from me. It feels like I'm being caged in a little bit. What's going on with that, right? And so I might view my freedoms being impacted as it, as it kind of being taken away. Now I wanna play that out a little bit, because if I'm gonna lock into that mindset, if I'm gonna lock into that view that my freedoms are taken from me, that it's beyond my control, I don't have a say in how I think about this process and what's happening, uh, then I would argue what's gonna happen is that's gonna have a profound effect on me personally. It's gonna affect my relationships. It's gonna affect my mental health. It's gonna affect kind of every part of my life in some way or another my outlook on life, certainly. And, and here's kind of where I think this would lead us. Usually, when I feel like my freedoms are being taken from me, what will happen is that will begin to escalate in my life, and I'll begin to emotionally respond to that in a certain way. 
And a lot of times that emotional response is gonna show up initially as fear, as fear. And we're feeling a lot of fear. We all do, right? No, no matter who you are. Uh, the reason why we're talking about faith and reason, kind of responsibility and fear all during this series, because those are all things that we're thinking through. I feel some fear. I, I want to be a person of faith. I might even feel drawn back to God. But, but, and I, I want to be responsible in this time. But when I feel like something's being taken away from me, when I feel like my freedoms are going away, I'm going to tend to respond with fear and defensiveness. And I'm gonna to start to feel the temptation to kind of hoard what is mine and protect what is mine. And then all of a sudden, I start thinking about me more and more and more. And all of a sudden that takes me down a completely different path where now fear has overthrown and overwhelmed my mind and my heart. And ultimately, I think where I'm gonna to get to is to a place where I'm really fixated on Blame on blame, right? You're taking my freedoms from me. That feels scary. Now, how did we get here? Who, who did this? Why didn't the government know? Well, who, who even brought this disease to this country? Right? We're going to start to think in terms of blame really, really fast because I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm a little bit fearful. I feel taken advantage of. I feel like I have to protect what's mine. And now I'm in a place where I, I start to point fingers right away and, and start to look for somebody to blame in this situation as I'm trying to protect the things that I can continue to control and continue to hold on to. Oh, we, we have all experienced this in some way or another. If you have kids, certainly you experience this, right? Watching uh, kids take toys from one another instantly. There, there's a feeling of, wait a minute, that's mine. You can't have it. There is a fear. There's a blame. Mom, she did this. Dad, he did that. You name it, right? It's going to show up that way. When I run down this road of seeing my freedoms as being taken, this is kind of the road that it leads me down. Now, what, what I want to recognize is that that's not the only way that we can view this. There's actually another option. That, that we could choose to view our situation differently. And we have the, we have the freedom to, to see our freedoms being impacted in a different light and through a different perspective. So one of the ways that we could see this, a view that we could take of it, is that while our government is kind of in this situation, um, is instigating, encouraging, or maybe even enforcing a significant change in our behavior and in our freedoms, I don't have to view that as something that's taken away from me. I actually can view it as a decision that I participate in. I can view it as a situation where I am actually giving my freedoms away for the sake of love and for the sake of the common good. I want you to see this amazing story when we start to think about why we might do something like that and why we could view giving our freedoms away rather than trying to hoard them or cling to them or be defensive. One of the things that a follower of Jesus would do is they would look to the person of Christ and to his personal example and we would want to be motivated that way uh, to live as Jesus lived. 
One of the most inspiring passages to me shows up in uh, Philippians chapter 2. And if you have a Bible with you, you can open that up if you want or look on your smartphone. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 3. We're going to kind of set up shop here. I want to just read through this passage with you for a minute. And then we'll come back and kind of talk it through. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then he quotes this, this ancient hymn, something that the early church probably would have sang together or recited together. And here's what he says. He says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He goes on, he says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And here's what the Apostle Paul writing this, here's what he's saying. Yeah, he's writing to a, a church that is in a situation where they're, they're struggling with this, they're in conflict with one another, uh, partly because they're not getting what they want. Their, their freedoms, in some ways, we could say, are at risk. And they're, they're kind of uh, in disunity because each of them isn't getting their own agenda. And the Apostle Paul is going to write to them, and he's, he's going to say, listen, here's what I want you to do. When you think about each other, uh, don't do anything solely for your own interest. Don't fixate on this piece, on what you want. When you look to your brother or your sister, you're the person in your community or your society, consider them more important than yourself. And then he literally says, take up kind of the mindset of Jesus. Have the same mindset. When you think about other people, think about it the way that Jesus would think about it. Think about his example and his mindset as he approached life. And then he goes in and he kind of talks us through what Jesus did. Right? So we, we know if, if, from the background of the Bible that God the Father looked to his son and said, Son, in essence, I, I want you to leave this very comfortable situation. I want you to leave your, your rights and your privileges, so to speak. And I want you to go to the, to the planet. I want you to go to earth. I want you to put skin on. I want you to live in, in the situation where there is uh, disease and danger and sin I want you to enter into that situation, lay down your rights, sacrifice your freedoms. Why? All for the sake of love. Right? I want you to choose willingly, son, to go enter into this mission where you can kind of bring love and lay down your life so that other people might have access to it. Paul says... Hey, friends here at the Philippian church, when you think about each other and you think about getting your way and your rights and, and the sacrifices that you might have to make for the sake of the community, 
or for the sake of the people around you, I want you to remember Jesus, right? Remember what Jesus did and remember his mindset and think about who he is and how he functioned. And I want you to be motivated in the exact same way. And here's what Paul would, in essence, say to us. When you think about how you approach each other, right? Be like Christ, willingly lay down some freedoms. And when you do that, that is actually an act of faith, right? That is actually an act of faith. Saying, Ryan, what do you mean? Kind of apply that to our situation. When I look at a a situation where I'm going to lose some freedom, I'm going to lose the ability to do what I want to do. And some of that is kind of simple stuff, not being able to to go to the gym or to go out or go visit the restaurant I want to go to. Things that impact us, but it maybe aren't life-altering, all the way to some kind of deep, life-altering situations uh, where, where maybe I'm... I'm having to go to a job that puts me in risk while other people have the freedom to stay home. Or maybe I don't have the freedom to go to work because my business is shut down and and I'm not able to kind of have an income that I wanted to have in this time, right? Where, Where I'm looking at my freedoms and I'm saying, I don't have to view that as something that's taken from me. I can look at my situation and how I'm impacted and say, you know what? I'm going to willingly engage this for the sake of love and for the sake of my common, kind of the common good and the love of the people around me because it's literally going to save lives. I'm going to embrace laying down my freedoms as an act of faith because I believe that that's what Jesus would do and I'm, I'm in for that. I want to be like him. You say, Ryan, that's a big thing to say, man. I don't think you understand my situation. Uh, I'm going to have to sacrifice my graduation. Uh, I'm going to have to sacrifice prom. There's vacations on the line. I don't know how I'm going to make it financially. Um, I'm I'm nervous about this. And I, I I feel this profoundly in my life. You, you expect me to view that as something that, that I'm willingly laying down. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm looking at what the attitude of Christ is. I'm looking at the reality of where we are. The fact that these freedoms are limited and they're going to be limited for some amount of time that no one knows. And what I'm saying is we have a decision to make on how we're going to view that. That I have a free will adult decision to make as a thinking person, right? Whether I'm a, in, in school or I've been a Christ follower for a long time or I'm not a person of faith, you name it, where I get the free will choice to say, am I going to view this as something that has been taken from me or am I going to view this as something that I'm willingly going to lay down and view it as a sacrifice for the sake of my contribution to helping lives be saved? They're just two totally different ways to approach the reality of the same situation. And Paul would say, and if you, if you get a choice to make, choose the mindset of Christ, right? Humble yourself and embrace an attitude of faith. As you do that, 
where that's gonna lead you is not to a place of blame, but to a place, I believe, of compassion. To a place of compassion. Where rather than resenting people who maybe got sick or people who are involved in the decision-making process and how did this happen and why me and why now and all the questions we're all going to wrestle with. I can look and, and say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to release my hold on what I view as my freedoms in life. I'm going to take on the mindset of Jesus who had complete and total right to cling on to his equality with God. He's God himself. And he willingly chose to lay himself down, humble himself. Why? All for the sake of love. And that love shows up for you and for me, right? We're impacted by his sacrifice. See, I have the ability to choose that. It's one of the beauties of being a human being. Right? I can look at my situation and say, I don't have to be a victim here. I can be a person who is an overcomer. I can look at a situation and say, I can willfully give here. And that's an act of faith. And when I feel fearful, which I'm going to, I can come back and say, God, I'm trying to be like Jesus in this situation the best I know how. I'm trying to act by faith and not run into fear. I want to see people who are hurting and sick and impacted by the situation we're in. I want to see them with compassion. I want to see them with love. And, and the fact that I get impacted by it, I'm not going to let that drive my life to blame and drive me into fear and anxiety and panic. I want to land in a place where I'm filled with compassion more and more and more. I say, Ryan, that, it's easy to say, man. It's pretty hard to do. I realize that. I realize that's true, and I, I realize that there is a very real grief to this process. And we're, and we're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. That when I lay down parts of my life that, that have been held dear to me, there's a loss to that, even if it's in the short run. I was thinking about a good friend. I'm doing his wedding this week, and um, he's been on my mind all week long. I was thinking about him and his bride, love them, looking forward to that day for months and months. And I thought to myself, this is a day that a girl, a guy, we dream of. It's your wedding day. You know, and because of the changes, they had to impact their guest list and change the situation. And I look at them and say, there's a grief to that. There's a grief to that loss, and that is a real thing. But I know that they even would look at the situation and say, this is a decision that we can enter into by faith and trust God with it, and we're going to grieve it on the back end and know that God sees us and he hears us and he's with us. Man, if lives could be saved. I'm in. Right. And this is true not just in a kind of a horrendous, uh, kind of scary scenario. This is true in every part of our lives where someone else determines our freedoms. 
whenever somebody else kind of impedes on what my life looks like, whether I'm getting changed a role on a team or I'm getting a demotion or somebody else got promoted over me or whatever is swirling around me, whenever my life is impacted and I don't have control over it, what I can do is look to that scenario and say, man, was this really taken from me? Or is this something that I can freely give? And I can lay down my rights and my freedoms like Jesus did, and I can embrace the situation by faith, and that can lead me to a compassion, and I would argue, even a joy. Even a joy, through, through sometimes through the grief, to know that it's more blessed to give than to receive, that to sacrifice this for the short run so that someone else can be impacted and benefit in the long run, that that is the heart of Jesus. It's exactly what he did when he came to the planet. You guys, we're, we're in a place right now where we are, um, we are in mutual suffering at some level. Uh, whether you're working all the time, you're in the medical field, whether you're out of a job, uh, whether your senior year or your senior season or what one of your sports seasons got affected or you're not having the college experience that you paid for and hoped to get, there's a very real difficulty to the scenario. And whenever there's that kind of difficulty and that kind of pain and loss, there's enormous risk for resentment and bitterness and blame and I would argue there, there's an enormous opportunity for us to find our way through it, to live as the person of Jesus lived and find faith and find even a compassion in the middle of it. I think this is where we all ultimately want to land. It may take us a while to wrestle it through and to get there. But when it comes to the impacting of my freedoms... I want to be somebody that ultimately, at the end of the day, looks like Jesus. Right? And, and I want to recognize, you, you may be somebody who's like me, you might be watching this and you just happened to kind of come across a video and, and started watching it. I, I grew up not knowing Jesus, not in a religious context at all. And I had no idea that this is what Jesus did for me. I had, I had zero idea. I had no idea that, that Jesus loved me enough to lay down all kinds of freedoms and rights and comforts and conveniences for me. Like I had no idea. I had no idea that he actually loved me enough. Most of the time I, I thought if there's a God, he's probably mad at me because I know what I've done and I know the shame and the guilt that I've lived in. But this is who Jesus is. And this is who the people that follow Jesus are to be like, right? Because we would look at what Jesus has done. Here's what a Christ follower believes. We believe that Jesus laid down his life for me and that he did that. He came to the earth. He lived a perfect life. He died an innocent death. He rose victoriously from the grave. And all of that he did so that I might have eternal life. 
So when I say yes to Jesus, what I'm kind of confessing, what I'm admitting to is the fact that I, I can't live a perfect life. I couldn't do it. That Jesus is the only one that could do it for me. And that when he did that, and when I put my faith in him, what I'm in essence saying is, Jesus, you saved me from death. You, you rescued me. You paid for my sin, right? You redeemed me. And now anything that I have in this life beyond coming to know you is kind of bonus, right? The fact that my eternity is set forever is unbelievable grace, which the word means undeserved favor. So Jesus did that for me. He died for me. He came to the planet for me. He laid down himself and his freedoms and his comforts for me, all to rescue my soul. So now what the Bible would say is that the rest of my life is to be lived, not for myself, but for him, to say thank you to him. And now I love other people the way he has loved me because, man, what, what else am I going to do with myself? I want to say thank you to Jesus. Any freedoms that I might enjoy are just gravy on top. They're just bonus. Right? So I want to land here more and more. Can I see the situation that I'm in and say, you know what? Uh, this is difficult, but it's not the end of the world. I'll willingly lay this down. Could, could I be growing financially right now? And I'm not, absolutely. But you know what? I'm going to lay that down. Could I do more of what I want to do right now? Absolutely. I'm going to lay that down. I'm going to choose to participate in it. It's going to be my contribution. Uh, this impact financially, this impact uh, professionally, relationally, this memory that I might have otherwise had this season, I'm going to choose by faith to lay that down for the sake and for the benefit of the people around me. There are just two different ways to approach the same thing. And here's the thing, guys. Here's what I've been thinking about. I, I want to do this season well. I think that's true of you too, right? No, no matter what your faith background is, at the end of the day, we all know we're going to make it through this. And we're going to look back and we want to be proud about how we handled this time. We would be proud of the people that we were becoming during this phase. And so I don't want to get sucked up into the hysteria of it. I want to look, get above it and look at it and say, how can I participate and contribute? And how can I be part of the solution? And then how can I live that out in every area of my life, not just, not just in this specific season of life? I think that's where we want to land today. I want to look at what Jesus has done. And I want to look at what he's done, not just in a general way, but specifically for me. And I would say, if you've never looked at the sacrifice of Christ before, for you, I'd encourage you to take some time and get your heart and your mind around that. Recognize that he laid down his freedom for you because he loved you and you were worth it to him. And his passion for you drove him to willingly engage sacrifice. If you've never said yes to Jesus, would you consider that? Consider having your sins forgiven. Reach out to him in, in prayer and just say, Jesus, would you forgive me? Uh, you know what I did and I'm sorry for it. 
and I want you to forgive my sins. I want you to be my God. I want to be your follower, and I want to be like you, Christ. I want to have the kind of love and passion that you have, and I want to be your follower. If you've never made that decision before, I would encourage you to do that. Kind of your heart to Christ's heart. Just tell him where you've been. Reach out. We're all asking big questions right now, and maybe maybe God is using this time and this crisis to get your attention in a unique way because he loves you and he's passionate to know you. You've never done that before. Would you land there investigating who the person of Jesus is and maybe asking him to forgive you and to follow him for the first time? Guys, for the rest of us, one of the most important things that we could do right here and right now as followers of Jesus is to land here. To not land in a place where we're fighting for our rights, where we're acting in hysterics, where we're clinging or blaming, but we're willingly laying down whatever, whatever we need to do to see people helped and rescued and maybe even people find the love and the hope of Jesus. Man, I'm, I'm in for that. Whatever it costs, we're in. Why, we're in this together and this is where God has us and this is what the people of God do. It's the nature of who Jesus is and we are his followers and so we lay ourselves down for the sake of love just like he did. This week and maybe even today, would you think about that and wrestle it through, bringing it to kind of to the foot of the cross, so to speak. Say, Jesus, would you help me with this? Help me to think differently about what's happening in our world and what's happening in my life. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to say thank you. Thank you that that you have come to our rescue, that you willingly laid yourself down, laid your rights down, your freedoms down, so that we might be found, that we might be helped, that we might be saved, Lord. Father, I, I pray that you would give me that heart more and more. Now, God, you, you know that there's moments of fear and doubt and, and even blame at times. God, more and more, I want to be a person of faith and be filled with compassion. So God, draw us to yourself. Work through this difficult time and cause us to be people that look more and more like you here and now. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.